amen, amen. Beloved, today I call your attention to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Last time I was with you, I was in Luke chapter 18. Uh, But uh, today I want to call your attention to Luke chapter 19, uh, verses 1 through 10. Uh, This pericope, I think, uh, gives us a, a challenge, especially in this season, in our own personal walk and connection with Uh, Jesus. Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. I'll read the text then move from there. Uh, He entered Jericho. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. And for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost, the word of God for the people of God. Beloved, today I've entitled the message uh, Surrendering to Jesus. And uh, a lot of times when we think about surrendering, we think about losing or giving up something. Uh, There are images that come to our mind uh, uh, for surrendering. And we think about the end of a war uh, when one side lays down its arms, waves a white flag and yields to its opponents. Uh, If one uh, were to think about surrendering, we think about losing to the enemy or losing in a battle. But in the spiritual sense, surrendering to God is not about loss, but it's about gaining. In surrendering to God is not about uh, uh, losing, but it is about uh, uh, gaining or gaining some victory. It means walking the path of righteousness, holiness, giving God our joys, giving him our disappointments, surrendering our troubles, our trials and our difficulties, surrendering who we are because he has much more than what we already have. It means that that we listen to his call. We follow his will for his lives and we rely on his grace in order to be who God's called us to be. When we talk about surrendering to Jesus, it is not just about losing or I no longer get to do things. It is about all the possibilities that open up for me. When we surrender to Jesus, we open ourselves up to possibilities that we had not realized we could have before. There are possibilities out there when we say, you know what, what I have is not as important as what God through Christ Jesus has for me. It means uh, ultimately doing what Jesus did, placing our hands in the loving hands of a father who knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning and knows what it is he wants to accomplish in our life. Jesus ultimately placed his life, his ministry, his personhood. He placed himself in God's hand for God's will to be made manifest and to happen so that you and I might come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is 
and that we might have the fullness of what God has, what God has for us. So ultimately, beloved, surrendering is not about losing. It really is about gaining. It is about winning. It is about coming into what God has for us. Beloved, as we have this conversation on surrendering today, we find ourselves in the gospel of Luke. I want you to know that I am an individual that loves the gospel of Luke. I like what uh, uh, Luke does in his gospel because he addresses the, the marginalized. He looks at the least, the lost, the lowly. He looks at those individuals that we might not consider or that we might pass by. Luke was a physician, as many of you know, and I, I know that this is a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Uh, he was a contemporary of Paul, and he, he followed Paul on his missionary journeys. Luke is credited as the author of this gospel and the Christian history book known as Acts. Luke has a desire to make sure that we understand the works and the miracles of Jesus Christ. And uh, he helps us to see how not only Jesus's ministry grew, but how the church grew over time because of what Jesus did. The theme of Luke's gospel is Christ, the son of man. And it narrates many of those events that demonstrates Christ's humanity. I love Luke because Luke gives us an expanded in, uh, 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 expose into the life and the birth of Jesus Christ. It's only in Luke that we get these extended narratives about Jesus' birth and the miracle of Jesus' birth. The, the relationship with Mary, the relationship with Elizabeth, the, 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 the behind the scene things that took place, Luke it takes time to patchwork to to research and put together this com comprehensive picture of Jesus and God's purpose with him. Uh, uh, interestingly, Luke was not an eyewitness to the life of Jesus, but this did not prevent him from chronicling his life, his ministry and the mission of Christ. Uh, though a physician by profession, he was primarily an evangelist. His job, his 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 surrender, if you will, was he gave up his passion for uh, for for treating the sick so that he might help us who are lost to come into a knowledge of who Jesus was uh, here. Here, Luke gives up his profession. To follow after Jesus, he surrenders. I can't get no help, but I'm gonna keep pressing. Uh, uh, he he surrenders himself. He makes the gospel his priority. In fact, Luke's gospel is specifically slanted towards Gentiles. It is evangelistic in nature. It is evangelistic in posture. It is evangelistic in presentation so that those who don't know who Jesus is would come to know him. And beloved, that's who we are as the church. I am on this thing now about the importance of us sharing and delivering the gospel of Jesus Christ. We spend a lot of time making sure we've taken care of the body. We spend a lot of time making sure that we were OK through the pandemic. But I believe that in the, this post pandemic world, our priority must return to what Jesus Jesus gave us in Acts 1-8 that we would go and be witnesses and share the gospel everywhere we go. And I'm not just saying that to you here at First Baptist Walnut Valley. I say this at Friendship Baptist Church. I tell them we cannot be comfortable where we are. We must bring people that do not look like us, people that do not know who Jesus is, into his presence so that they might have the fullness of what God has for them. Luke records uh, as I said, the birth, he shows us uh, unusual interest in uh, medical matters. He highlights individuals. He says to people, you are seen. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you just need to know that you are seen. 
I didn't have the biggest pedigree to be standing here uh, uh, preaching to you today or even to pastor the church that I pastor. It was because somebody saw me and invested in me and said, you're seeing you're a tall six foot something lanky little man, but you have opportunity. Beloved, it is important to know that Luke helps us to see people. Whether it's the blind man who was begging on the road in in Luke chapter 18, right before we get to Luke 19, or if it was uh, 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 the the, the older woman who never got to have a child. When we get the birth narratives, it is good to know that you're seen, that somebody understands your struggle, that understands that you have value. Uh, He highlights individuals, specifically the marginalized. He highlights women and lepers, individuals who are cast aside. Luke also shows an interest in poverty and wealth. He he helps us to see people who have and who do not have. In today's text, in chapter 19 of Luke, Luke interest is an individual as he highlights the encounter of Jesus and Zacchaeus. Verses one and two introduce us to the circumstances of the story. Jesus enters Jericho. And while he was passing through, uh, beloved, this uh, episode takes place at the end of Jesus's ministry. He's wrapping things up. Things are coming to the close. He is only a few days from Jerusalem and the crucifixion. He has been to Jericho many times before, uh, but this time is going to be the final time. Jericho was an important city of uh, ancient Israel. Bible readers, Old Testament know that this was the first city they conquered, right? They conquered as they entered into the promised land. And it was a, as much as it was a, a military battle, it was a spiritual assignment. It was their obedience to God to do it the way God said to send the priests before them and to worship God. Jericho was significant in the history of Israel. So here Jesus is on his way to the cross and he passes through Jericho. Jericho is a city that has a a rich uh, center of trade, business and commerce, agriculture. Uh, uh, It is known for for a a balsam uh, plant that is grown there and sold throughout ancient uh, Near East. It's also known for harvesting dates uh, from the palm trees that were sold in that area. It was a rich, fertile place. You had to go through Jericho to get to practically anywhere. And here Jesus is on his way to the cross. And uh, Jericho is where he's going through. And since Jericho was a place of commerce, it was also a place of money. So again, I I talked about the fact that Luke uh, deals with the the rich and the poor, wealth, and and individuals that do not have it. Jesus comes to Jericho amid the the greatest uh, of of all possible uh, fanfare. Everybody has heard he's coming, everyone including a rich man who was short in stature (laughs) named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, which tells us he was a business man. And beloved, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your status is. It doesn't matter uh, what, 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 what title you own. All of us need Jesus. Pastor Curry needs him. Uh, 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 whoever is considered the greatest uh, in this building right now needs him. Whoever's considered the least need him. We all have a need to have Jesus in our life, to have him saturate us, lead us, guide us and direct us. And that is what's taking place here. He is a businessman, a chief cat tax collector. And I do not have to educate you in this room for you to know that the, the tax collectors were not liked. 
They were considered scoundrels. They were considered thieves. And, and, and it is not even clear. We, we, we deal with this text, and I've read it over and over, and I've read other resources. We always assume that Zacchaeus was a crook. We don't really know that. We don't know that he actually had done that, but there was the, in, in that in that time they did not believe in, they did not appreciate, they did not uh, 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 have good things to say about tax collectors. And it is interesting, uh, beloved, that when Jesus calls his disciples, he calls what I call a motley crew, and it included a tax collector, Levi, who was known as Matthew. Uh, you have you have th- these individuals that would not otherwise get along. That's what I love about the church, that many of us are here and we may be family members and we may be connected and cousins or whatever the case may be. But when we get down to the brass tacks of the church, the church is made up of individuals that might not otherwise get along with one another. But we come together for the cause and the ministry and the mission of Christ. This is what takes place here. Here is this tax collector and he's heard about Jesus. Uh, uh, he, he's, 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 he's hated because of his profession. He's hated because of his, um, his, his job because he collected taxes for, from the, for the Roman oppressors, oppressors and, uh, he had enough to keep himself in luxury. He was successful and he was rich. Uh, and he had means, uh, I think, if you will, uh, even maybe a, a payday loan or, 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 or something with crazy interest. Somehow he, he had money and people didn't necessarily like him. But this rich tax collector needed something or should I say someone that money could not buy. He at least wanted a glimpse into something that his pocketbook could not give him or, 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 or bring to him. He needed something status could not upset obtain he needed something reputation could not make happen he wanted to see Jesus and ultimately he needed to surrender to Jesus he needed to surrender to Jesus as I said that's what I'm talking about he was not sick Uh, he was not called out like the disciples Uh, he had to go looking for Jesus himself and there are there are at least three observations concerning surrender that this encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus uh, brings out for me, and I'd like to share with you. Number one, uh, this text reveals that hunger precedes surrender. Hunger precedes surrender. Before we really surrender, we have to hunger. Before we really surrender, we have to have a desire for Jesus. Here uh, in the, the text, it says, He entered Jericho. He is Jesus and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. Again, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector in Jericho. He had it all money and and all that money could buy. We're talking about a self-made man. We're talking about a man who was on the top and was seemingly uh, had no other desires or needs, but there was a hunger in Zacchaeus. He wanted or desired to see Jesus. Before we surrender, we must desire Jesus. He must be important. He must be uh, 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 at the the forefront of our thoughts and minds, uh, there is a there is a hunger that comes. What what was it that made Jesus? Excuse me, Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? I think he had heard about him. 
I think he was intrigued by the stories he had heard. Maybe he had heard about what God through Christ Jesus had done in Matthew's life. Maybe he heard how he took this motley crew of individuals and they were aligned in mission and ministry and purpose. Maybe he saw that Jesus changed lives and he wanted to know what that looked like and what that meant. There was a desire in him. And beloved, all of us have a deepening that we need to go with Jesus. That's why the song that we sang earlier, we re-surrender. We re-surrender. It's not just surrender today and I'm done surrendering. Every day in this life in which we live, we have to re-surrender. And that comes with a hunger for Jesus. What do I hunger for? I hunger for deeper relationship with him. I hunger from being on the periphery to being close. I hunger for what the pastor has or for what the praise team has or what the praise leader has. I hunger for deeper that when I sit and listen, that it doesn't just go over my head, but it stops in my heart. I hunger so that I might have relationship with Jesus Christ personally. I don't want your relationship, but I want what God would have for me. I don't want to steal what you have, but God, if the scriptures are true and this says you're no respect to a person, I want to go deeper with you. I want to be hungry. And beloved, I'll tell you, I pray that prayer. I look at preachers on TV. I don't I don't covet what they have. But I say, God, I want to be the best version of me that you would desire me to be. And beloved, before I can surrender, I've got to want something from God. I've got to be hungry for it. Do you suppose as Zacchaeus had heard that Jesus had called one of his colleagues into ministry. Uh, do you think it was just curiosity? Had maybe perhaps he heard the reports about Jesus and was interested like uh, uh, anyone might be about a well-known figure? Uh, he was hungry, but there were obstacles. <laughs> there were obstacles. First off, there was a crowd that was too large. He couldn't even see. And he was short. And his hunger led him to do the crazy. His hunger led him to do the 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 uh, uh, the, the most, as as the young people would say. Uh, he he did the most. What is the most? He climbed up on a sycamore tree, and sycamore trees were long, known for being tall. He 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 takes he takes effort. That's hunger to see Jesus. If I were at my church, I have a wood pulpit I'd climb up on it uh, a little bit I, I don't want to fall this morning but I, I would to, to illustrate he beloved do you understand kids climb trees adults don't climb trees kids climb trees but he was so hungry to see Jesus that he puts himself in a posture like a child just so that he can see him what are you willing to do to have a deeper personal more impactful relationship with Jesus Christ What are you willing to do to surrender? Hunger always precedes surrender. I've lingered too much. Let me move. Uh, Not only does hunger precede surrender, but humility prompts sacrifice. So he was hungry. He does the most. He gets in this tree, but he humbles himself. That's essentially what he does. Uh, Beloved, surrender not only involves hunger, but it involves humility. The scripture declares that God uh, resists the proud, but gives grace. To the humble, that we would posture ourselves that I'm not that important, that my money doesn't mean that much. My title, my position, what I look like does not mean more than deepening relationship with Jesus Christ. Humility prompts service. Look with me at verses five through eight of Luke chapter 19. 
And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him. Zacchaeus, he says, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house. So he hurried and came down. He didn't meander. He didn't take his time. And he received, the Bible says, Jesus joyfully. And when they saw him, they all grumbled. Now, the people on the outside have an attitude about the fact that Jesus welcomes Zacchaeus because of his position. Uh, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. I'm so glad he entertained sinners. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, the Lord, uh, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Jesus, just some observations from the text. Jesus notices Zacchaeus. Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus home. He doesn't wait for an invitation. And beloved, sometimes our circumstances put a smack dab in the middle of God's purposes for us. We think we have to align or we have that God has to align with us. No, we have to align with God. God has a timing for everything. We sing a song. I came to Jesus as I was. I was weary, wounded and sad. I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. That's really not the truth. We didn't come to him. He came to us first. And even when we do come, he has put together the circumstances of our lives. We went through a a, a difficulty in our job or our family. He, He allowed the circumstances to meet us at a place that we come running to him. He doesn't wait for an invitation. Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus to his home, whose uh, acceptance is a sign of fellowship and forgiveness. When Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house, he says, I don't care what nobody thinks about you. I'm coming anyway. And beloved, that is the good thing about Jesus, that he does not take a poll. He does not take a vote. He does not ask anybody. Do you think it's okay for me to go and be with so and so? No, he does not. Jesus makes an impact on our lives by himself. He chooses us. He calls us. He recognizes us. And beloved, as I said earlier, it was just good for Zacchaeus to know he was seen. Perhaps he is used to being misidentified and looked past. Can I tell you all something at my church? I have had I have offended people because I'm six foot seven. And there are times that I walk through the campus and I'm in a rush and I do. And I look here. So I never look here. And so I I miss people. And I've had people say, Pastor, you didn't see me. You didn't say hi to me. And I have to apologize because that wasn't my heart. Here's that kid perhaps was used to people looking past him. And not seeing him, but Jesus sees him. And when he gets in Jesus' presence, he humbles himself. He says, what I have, I'll give half. Just because Jesus invites himself to his house, I'll give half of it away. And if I've defrauded, and you could preach the text either way. You could preach the text that he was already a man of integrity. But in case he messed up, he wanted to fix it. Or you can preach the text that he was not a man of integrity and he was getting it right. Either way, God still gets the glory. Amen. And so he he says, whatever it is, because you recognize me, he says, I humble myself. I get low. My money does not matter. My position does not matter. I get lower because there is opportunity for me to connect with you. And I give it away. It is humility. Is, it, it prompts sacrifice. He humbles himself and he makes a sacrifice. 
He doesn't have to. Jesus does not ask for it. But the fact that he was recognized and Jesus saw him and, and Jesus entertained him and Jesus came to be with him. He sacrificed. He humbles himself and he gives up. Beloved, when we humble ourselves and we want to surrender, surrender involves sacrifice. And the only way we sacrifice is if we're humble enough. Luke tells us that that that, that Zacchaeus is not in a place where he feels woe is me. The text says he received Jesus joyfully. He was happy to be able to connect with Jesus. Zacchaeus uh, responds fully to Jesus kind kindness, uh, but others have different reactions. Zacchaeus is considered an outsider. And so they are grumbling and complaining. And beloved, I want to give just I would call a parenthetical note that if we have a problem with the Lord blessing and elevating and helping others, we need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. That we need to do a heart check. These individuals, someone should have found themselves in that place to say, you know what? If it were me and I were the sinner, I'd want him to take time for me. But no, they crumble and they complain. Beloved, you have to know that Zacchaeus hears it and Jesus hears it. And it doesn't stop the exchange that takes place between them. They silence the noise so that the exchange takes place. And I don't know where you are in your journey, but can I encourage you to silence the noise? I told my people in our weekly update this week, uh, there's, a, there's a song, a hymn. Uh, I'm, I'm in the hymns. Uh, it says, Blessed Quietness. Holy quietness on the stormy sea. He speaks peace to me and the billows cease to roll. Joys are flowing like a river since the comforter has come. He abides with us forever, makes the trusting heart his home. The songwriter Ferguson is her name, wrote this song in the height of the holiness movement to challenge people to sit in the stillness of relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Silence the noise. People might have a whole lot of opinions about you. And there are a lot of whole, a whole lot of opinions out there going on today. But ours is to be in relationship with Jesus and to treasure it. I need to move. Zacchaeus encounter with Jesus has led him to change the way he handles money um, from maybe taking advantage of people to serving them. By taking on this obligation, uh, Zacchaeus is showing a thank offering. He is expressing a change in his heart. His Christ's presence and acceptance prompts humility and humility prompts sacrifice. This Jesus, he chooses Zacchaeus when all others have found fault in him. This Jesus, he he brings his presence, his acceptance and an attitude that makes a difference in Zacchaeus and leads to transformation. Uh, This Jesus impacts him. And beloved, all of us who have named the name of Jesus have been there where we have been so over by the fact that he would choose us, me, who did not deserve it. Give me another chance. Give me an open door opportunity that I'm overwhelmed, that I say any way you want to use me, God, whatever I have, I surrender to you. Zacchaeus commits to make restitution. He commits to a, a forward moving plan. He is aware that Jesus' presence makes a difference. 
So, our beloved, uh, 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 we must first have hunger. It precedes uh, uh, surrender. We must uh, then uh, have humility. It prompts sacrifice. Third and finally, uh, it is only Jesus who provides salvation. The Holy One provides salvation. Beloved, as we look at the text, uh, we have this, this group of individuals, as I said, who are upset that Jesus would even entertain this one. They have no heaven or hell to put Zacchaeus in. They do not have control of Zacchaeus' destiny and his future. Only Jesus has control of his future. And may I encourage you, only Jesus has control of your life. Only Jesus knows what he wants to do with you, in you, through you, for you. Only Jesus is able to make all things and all grace abound to you. Uh, 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 Chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, Jesus says to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. Beloved, I want you to know someone is after you. No, I'm not trying to feed you paranoia. It's not uh, some government plot or conspiracy. It's not some new world order, but someone's following close behind you. He's shadowing your every move, dodging your every step. Uh, You can try your best to shake him, but you'll never will until your dying day. He will be there unswerving, unstopping, inescapable. Some of you are saying to me, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, Tax season is over. You've got me. uh, You must be thinking about the IRS. Uh, You make me Uh, sound like I'm some kind of fugitive. No, I'm not talking about the IRS. And yes, we are some type of fugitive, but the one following us is not a deputy or a private detective or even the enemy. It is the Lord Jesus Christ to whom the scriptures came and says that he came to seek and save the lost. It is Jesus Christ who is following you in every move, whether you have already accepted Christ as Lord and Savior or you yet to have done it. Jesus is always bidding you to come. He's bidding you and me into closer relationship with him, just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus, if you please, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Beloved, not only do we get salvation when we come to Jesus, we enter into an ongoing partnership relationship of sanctification where he works on us all the time. Look at me. God is working on me still. I may be the pastor and the preacher today, but God is still transforming me. Only the Holy One can make us who it is he wants us to be. Only the Holy One can transform our lives and it does not matter what society has to say. It does not matter what the world order has to say. All that matters is that he cares for you and he cares for me. Beloved, I love the song we sang earlier that says he's the same God. He's the same Jesus. Jesus. He's the same God that was there for Zacchaeus, the same Jesus that died a criminal's death on Calvary's cross, the same Jesus that was resurrected on the third day, the same Jesus that went to sit at the right hand of the Father. This is the same Jesus that will come back for you and me. Beloved, we ought to be encouraged that we must continue to surrender to this Jesus, that our lives might be transformed, that he wants to have personal ongoing relationship with him, because if it were just I got saved and that's the end, then we don't need church. We don't need to gather. But we have an ongoing surrendering relationship. And I came today just to call us into remembrance. Don't forsake post pandemic your relationship with Jesus. Don't get comfortable. We were all praying. 
while we were experiencing the difficulty of the pandemic. And afterwards, we need to pray more. People have drifted. People are still scared. They don't know or they're not sure what's going to happen next. But we, who are called by his name, we, we must remember to surrender. Not I did surrender. The songwriter says, I surrender. Not I will surrender, but I surrender. That's what Zacchaeus does. He's hungry enough. He is humble enough. And he recognizes Jesus as the Holy One. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage us all those here and those that join us via live stream, I want to encourage us to keep surrendering, to keep following after Jesus, to keep climbing up into the tree, whatever it takes to get closer to him. He will see you. He will answer you. He will not uh, turn his face aside from you. He will not turn his back on you. He will not be like Pastor Curry and look up and not look to where you are. He will see you and he'll meet you. At your point of need. So let us all surrender to Jesus continually every day and lead others to surrender as well. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. I pray, God, that I've done what honors you the most and that ultimately you get the glory out of the message. Father, I thank you for this this body of believers and these people. I pray, God, that they would realize and appreciate that you see us, you know who we are, and that as we surrender, you'll meet us at our point of need. Thank you so very much is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.